Welcome back to the Cave Escape Podcast. I'm Caleb Groves. And I'm Ashton Goolsby. And today we're going to be talking about Lint. Uh, because it's Lint season, so we figured we would discuss it, talk about what it is. Not the stuff that you find in your pockets not, not when you take it out of the dryer. Not the stuff you find in your pockets. Although it is the season for pocket Lint as well. It's true. Please um, check your dryers because they are yes. a fire hazard. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about why we have Lint, what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> All you can think about now is pocket lint. I know, now I can lint. only think of pocket lint. Um, <laughs> uh, lint, L-E-N-T, is a church tradition. Are they not spelled the same way? I'm pretty sure pocket lint is L-I-N-T. <laughs> we should have looked that up. I'm pretty confident it's an I. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> church traditions. We're talking about the church. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about where it came from, why we have it, uh, why we should practice it. Uh, what are like ways you can practice it? And uh, I'm going to be interviewing Mr. Goolsby here because I don't know anything about it, and he does. So how about, can you start out just like talking about where it came from? Um, So Lint was officially, from what I was looking up, because I actually didn't know much about that in specifics, um, but it, from what I was reading, it says Council of Nicaea, is where it was first officially like put in as a thing. Oh, interesting. But they said it seems to have dated before that, and probably a lot of people speculate even from apostolic times they were practicing some conception of this idea of hmm. leading up to... So Lent is this 40-day period excluding Sundays. So it's 40 days excluding the Sabbath, mm-hmm. where you 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 usually like have a time of like fasting and remembrance of the suffering of Christ. Um, and they said the church, there's records of people even in like the first century referencing, practicing something like this. Um, so it's possible it dates even back to apostolic times where people would have this time of um, like fasting. They would like wear sackcloth, put ashes on their heads mm-hmm. um, in remembrance of Christ's suffering leading up to Easter. But it was officially at the Council of Nicaea where we have put down that the church was like, this is the time we have designated, and we acknowledge this time as a time of fasting and preparation for Easter. Gotcha. Okay. So why why is it 40 days then if it's the sufferings of Christ? Well, it's 40, 40 is an important number that comes in in the Bible a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest one for this would be, I mean, Christ goes into the wilderness for 40 days and is right. tempted, and he fasts during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in preparation for going to the cross. He has this time out in the wilderness for 40 days. Um, but there's also a lot of other things like if you go all the way back to Genesis, you have Noah, the flood is 40 days and 40 nights, just mm-hmm. like Jesus was 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. Um, Nineveh, when... Um, why can I not think of it? Jonah. Jonah. Jonah when Jonah <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Joshua, no, no. There's so many J names. Uh, but when when Jonah goes to Nineveh, they put on sackcloth and ashes for, for 40 days. Oh, and then um, eventually God it for, forgives them after mm-hmm. they, for 40 days, are repenting. Um, and also Israel like wanders for 40 years in the wilderness. So mm-hmm. it's this, um, 40 seems to have this number of, or it's this number that seems to have a lot to do with like waiting and anticipating something, but also in a way like denial of certain things. Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. So the the main one would be Christ's forty days in the wilderness, mm-hmm. being tempted by the devil. Yeah. 
Uh, but then there's also these other ones as well that get called to mind. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, that's super cool. Uh, and it begins on it begins on Ash Wednesday. Yes. Right. So what is is Ash Wednesday just the beginning of Lent, or is it kind of come from something else? And why is it is it on a Wednesday just because that's what is forty days before Easter? Basically, yeah. Okay. So it's Ash Wednesday is the beginning of Lent. And so it's it's a day specifically set apart to recognize, hey, this is the beginning of the season. So people typically come um they come and there's the there's a the service of some kind and usually it um has some point usually I think toward the end where you go forward and you receive uh, the mark of ashes on your forehead and mm-hmm. sh- it's done in the shape of a cross. Um, and reasons for that are obviously you have all these passages in scripture that talk about putting on sackcloth and ashes and mourning. So it's a sign of mourning. Um, but the, the reason it's a sign of mourning is as you're given the sign of the cross in your forehead, I keep making the sign like people can see me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as, as you're receiving that sign in your forehead, the the priest or the minister, whoever, usually says the phrase, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So it's a call back. Hmm. The idea of getting ashes on your head is a reminder that we're made we're made of dust, and ultimately we're going to die and turn back into dust. So it's it's really kicking off the Lent season with this, like, you know the phrase, memento mori? Mm-hmm. So the, remember that you will die. So it's remembering our own mortality and that we're doomed, and the only way that we can be saved is that cross that's put in a sign on our foreheads. So it's it's looking forward to Christ's work culminated at Easter. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only hope of salvation that we have is Christ's coming on the cross and right. then rising again from the dead. Was there a second part to your question? <laughs> I um, forgot. I was just trying to remember. I think I just asked. I just asked. I asked. <laughs> uh if there's any like additional significance to Ash Wednesday outside of being the beginning of Lent. So it's just called Ash Wednesday because you get the ashes at the service. Yeah. So so a- would it Ash Wednesday would have come like after the beginning of the practice of Lent probably. Uh pro- probably it was incorporated like, in later. Yeah, I would assume that the practice came before they made like well, a service for well, it. Cuz like I was saying there there was already a tradition it seems like of people fasting for this time right. and one of the things they would also do is dress in sackcloth put ashes on their head mm-hmm. but then they made it a more intentional part right seems to be what from what i was reading it was it was a thing that was already there and then the church said we're going to actually put in observance this practice yeah and so it's not a, a lot of times people like look at things like like that and it kind of goes back to like our conversation with max a few episodes ago mm-hmm. where we're talking about liturgy and the idea of, I mean, there's nowhere that this is commanded in Scripture to right. you, sh- you must 40 days before set this apart. So it's it's not something commanded in Scripture that we must do because we have to. It's it's a, it's, it's a memorial set up to remember the, the, these things that happen in Scripture. So the church calendar, which is something we did talk about with Max, I think just briefly, mm-hmm. but the church calendar is a way of, because, I mean, you're going to fall into patterns of doing things anyway. There's seasons right. of the year, like for the plants to grow and die and the sun to be up longer or not. So the, the church kind of takes that same idea, and through the course of the year, it's 
um, the church calendar's goal is to get you to move intentionally through the story of the gospel. So it starts at Advent, where we remember are anticipating the coming of Christ, and it culminates in Christmas, which is 12 days, not one. And so <laughs> you, you have this Advent, but the point of Advent is not, it's kind of like Lent, where you, you're giving up stuff, you're waiting, you're anticipating, remembering this dark and sadness before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas comes, and there's lights and joy and rejoicing. And then you have Epiphany, which is where we remember Christ's revelation to the Gentiles. And that actually culminated a few weeks ago in what's called um, Transfiguration Sunday, oh. which is where you remember Christ coming up on the mountain, and he's revealed to the apostles with uh, Moses and Elijah. Well, I've never heard of that one. you never heard of that? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's, I think, the last Sunday in Epiphany. Okay. It, which, Epiphany is like a season. Yeah. And then after that, you begin Lent. So the idea of Christ, he he wasn't there and the time was dark, Advent. He comes and there's light at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And you have this epiphany. He's, he's revealed he's doing his work. And then Lent, you're remembering his, his suffering and his preparation to go to the cross. And especially at the end of Lent with things like Good Friday. So the, the climax of l- the Lenten season is Good Friday when Christ, we remember the Last Supper and his crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Maundy Thursday we remember the Last Supper, and then Good Friday, which is the next day, Yeah, we remember the crucifixion. But then Lent is not complete in and of itself. It needs Easter, which arguably should be actually a bigger deal than Christmas, because that's where we get our salvation, is Christ rising from the dead again. Right. Um, so it's this idea of moving through the gospel story and getting the, the full mm-hmm. story, and then it goes on to things like Pentecost and yeah, like the story later in Acts and so on. Right. And so, and I was just thinking, just like you were saying Lent isn't like in the Bible and it's not like you have to do this, mm-hmm. but the same is true for Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Like those aren't actually in the Bible. They're just holidays that we celebrate because it's good for us to celebrate them and it's a tradition and it helps remind us yearly. Yeah. So it's not like if you don't celebrate Christmas or Easter, it's not like you're Suddenly, like, well, you're not a Christian anymore, but it, right. it helps you better appreciate because there's these set times of year where you remember, hey, Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. He died on the cross. But it also, like, it opens up these times to remember the stories, but also if you have like, young children or non believers who are coming in, they're being told these stories and they, like, have times to ask questions and kind of engage in the story. Right. And learn about it in a way, but it's a it's a good reminder for those of us who grew up believing it as well. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we should talk a little bit about what actually is Lent. Like, like, what, like, what do you do? Because you've kind of talked, you've alluded to it a little bit, I think, but I don't think we've actually yeah. said specifically. Because you've talked about how it's a a time of kind of there's some sort of denial um, involved, like denial to self and. Um, I think you may have said something about fasting. Yeah. Um, remembering the sufferings of Christ. So, in 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 what way do we remember those things? So, typically, there's there's some type of fasting that goes on. Originally, from what I was reading, it sounded like there was a much longer period of just like you ate like one meal a day type thing. Eventually, the Roman Catholic Church. So Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox do this a little bit differently. Eastern Orthodox, the fasting is still a big deal. 
the Roman Catholic Church has kind of lessened it, and over the centuries it's kind of gotten less and less and less as time went on. Hmm. But typically Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, which are the beginnings and ends of the season, have a time of specific fasting on those days. So you probably only eat like one meal that day, just enough to get you through. Mm -hmm. Um, But then typically for the rest of the season, it's not common to fast every single day, but more of you, you select certain things to give up. So people might, so traditionally actually, people would give up like sweet things and a lot of times specifically with sugar, um, eggs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so what actually developed was what's known as Shrove Tuesday or some uh, eventually developed in things like Carnival or Mardi Gras Hmm. where um, if you're going, and I was actually telling my students about this last week, if you're going to start Ash Wednesday and go, we're not eating sweet things, things made with like eggs or like a lot of bread type things. We're giving all those things up for 40 days. Forget the idea of like today where we have supermarkets that we can go and buy all that stuff. If you have the stuff, and it's in the house, it's going to go bad. <laughs> so you have to do something with it. Interesting. So on Shrove Tuesday, it's basically just an excuse to get together and have a party. So hmm. they would they would come together, and um, the typical thing to do is eat pancakes because that uses sugar, syrup, eggs, butter, flour, all these things oh, that you're not wow. going to eat during Lent. So Shrove Tuesday is just really an excuse to get together and party and get rid of all the stuff that you're not going to be eating during Lent. Hmm. Typically now it's turned into, uh, hey, we're going to show up on this day and just do a whole bunch of crazy, messed up, reckless things, and then tomorrow we'll focus on being serious again. So Mardi Gras, especially like New Orleans, ends up being like this, oh, we're going to have a big parade and festival and drink and eat and whatever. That's the point of it's not the, yeah, we're going to have a day where we just kind of give in and eat and get drunk. The point is we're preparing for this season of fasting. Right. By purging our households of all the things that we're not supposed to have during that time. Because mm-hmm. we don't want them to go to waste. We want to get rid of them. So, right. so that's really where like things like Mardi Gras and Carnival originated was this idea of we need to get rid of all this stuff. And Interesting. I had, I had written down, um, it's called Shrove Tuesday. Um, it, uh, somewhere I read, it probably said it comes from um, shriving, which is the idea of confessing. Oh. Uh, I, I was not completely clear of the connection they were trying to make with that where I was, wherever I was reading this but um it's like you, you're you're getting rid of the stuff essentially to get ready for this time of fasting and like confessing and remembering right. your sin um and remembering what remembering the work that Christ ultimately did on the cross interesting so with the with the pancakes um how what kind of pancakes like no how old is it <laughs> Like, how long were they making pancakes? Because I don't think of pancakes as being, like, an old thing. But I guess but I guess they are. I, don't, I actually don't know. I didn't think to look that up. I know it said that. Like, how traditional is the pancakes? I think it said that part was mainly the English tradition, was to get together and take all the stuff and, like, get rid yeah. of it. Uh, but then you had other places in Europe where you got, like, Carnival and Mardi Gras. I think Mardi Gras, I think, is French, which is probably why the spelling is so weird. Um, oh, yeah, but you had these different cultures that did the same type of thing differently. I think the pancake one, from what I was reading, said that was specifically an England thing. Gotcha. That was just they got together and were like, we've got all this stuff. Let's get rid of it. Let's yeah. Let's have a big party the day before to eat all of the stuff and get it gone, and then tomorrow Lent can begin, hmm. and we don't have the temptations in the house anymore. Right. Yeah. And now we just traditionally eat pancakes. <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, it is a good excuse to have a party. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
so like my my church did that last week and we mm-hmm. had like a we had like a little skit talent show night to go with it as well so we right. ate pancakes and just because i'd heard partied. about the pancake tuesday thing and i was just kind of like what why are we just eating pancakes like how, how did pancakes get attached to this to shrove tuesday it was originally that's, the idea. That's super interesting. Yeah, yeah it was originally that's get rid of all cool. the stuff in your house that you don't want during Lent. Yeah, and now we don't really need to do that anymore. But but we like it, pancakes. It, still. We, we were already in the habit of hey, we we have a party this day of the year. Let's still just get everybody together and have a party. <laughs> right, and pancakes are a different kind of party than you normally have. Yeah, I you guess get, get to eat breakfast for dinner. <laughs> yep. Okay, cool. So what's supposed to be like the like our mindset as we're going through Lent? Like, how should we be thinking about it? Is it like, is it like purely like, oh, I just need to deny myself these things and like, in a sense, suffer like Christ suffered? And is the focus more on like denying ourselves things or is it more on just the remembering of Christ? Or is it like, what, what what's our mindset as we're going through this season? What's the, like the focal point of it? Yeah. Um, so at times, it, it can seem like it's it's all about acknowledging your own sinfulness and wickedness, which right. th- there's an element of that in it. I mean, we're wicked, sinful people, mm-hmm. and we're doomed to die. So that's why you have like the ashes and things, remembering we're doomed to die. That That's our, our fate and our lot. But we remember that ultimately because the goal of what we're doing is to remember We've been saved from that by Christ, who's coming at Easter. So it's a time of preparing for the work that Christ did, but focusing more on... There's a sense in which you are focusing on your sinfulness, but also focusing on His suffering, especially on Good Friday. That's a time to remember Christ's suffering leading up to the cross, which is why you have things like Fox St. Matthew's Passion, which I also know a good podcast episode <laughs> on that, if you want to go back and listen to that one. Yeah. Um, so you have things like that where you, specifically on Good Friday, you walk through that narrative to remember Christ's suffering. Because the goal is ultimately, it's a time preparing you for Easter and the resurrection and things like that. Um, I did have, there were a couple quotes in one of the things I was reading that I, I wanted to read. Um, the first one, I, they have to do with this um first one says thus lent was has rightly been called a time of bright sadness we live in the shadow of the cross but the light of the resurrection is breaking over the horizon fast approaching lent calls us to grab the past with one hand christ's death and the future with the other our resurrection hope and to live in the present terms in this already not yet tension of the biblical story as we learn to mortify the flesh, the cross, we are also vivifying the life of Christ within us, the resurrection. So it's this idea of looking back to the suffering of Christ and his death and our sin and mortality, but also looking forward to the promise of the resurrection and that light. So we're looking at the suffering in the past, seeing Christ's ascension, or ascension coming at Easter, so there's that one level of, in the story, there was the suffering, but we know how the story ends at Easter. So you shouldn't practice Lent without acknowledging that Easter is coming. You're practicing mm-hmm. it knowing Easter is coming. But then there's also another level, which we're we're also still kind of currently in time in between Christ's suffering and death on the cross and then the the 
the, the, that resurrection as well right at the end so we're mainly it's focusing on in the gospel Christ's work but also there's a sense in which we have this it's already completed but also it's not completed yet we're still waiting his second coming kind of comes in there as well and, and then a second a second section of that quote he says Lent gives us a small taste of death by focusing on the cross and our own impending deaths. Lent reminds us that life is short and we must learn to live each day to the glory of God. We should not carelessly squander the time God gives us, for life is but a mist. We should use our days in a way that builds God's kingdom and enriches others. Remembering we will soon die encourages daily repentance. Hmm. So another thing I, I don't think I mentioned was... it. It's common practice during this time, and uh, a Roman Catholic website I was reading specifically talking to how to do this, but it's also uh, a time of giving alms. So, like, if you oh. give up something, you might save that thing or the money you might have spent on that thing, and then you use it to give to the poor. Hmm. So that that's also a traditional thing that goes with this time is focusing, focusing on your own mortality. But that driving you to say, how can I use my time well? Right. I'm mortal. I must die. Christ died for me. How then should I use my time to give back in acknowledgement of that that gift of Christ to die? So it's in a way, it's also supposed to kind of be reorienting your mind. And you're giving up. I, I don't think I mentioned this either. The idea of giving up things is not to suffer. It's not just to be like, well, I'm, I'm suffering just like Christ suffered, which, which can be part of it. But another goal, there was a quote in here somewhere. He he phrased it as, the the hunger you might feel from giving something up, should cause you to hunger more for God. So with this, uh, when you're going, oh, I can't have that thing, it causes you to pause and remember why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It should move you to further appreciation for what God did for you or reorienting your mind. So the idea of fasting is not just I'm doing this to suffer to prove how strong I am and I can control my passions and my emotions right. and my hungers. You're doing it because it's calling you to remember I'm uh, I'm hungry. Why am I hungry? Oh, because I, I'm wanting to think of my, my hunger for God. Right. That's a reason for fasting as well. That feels kind of like... um. That feels a little bit different than Lent slightly because like like fasting, I totally understand how that works with fasting because you feel like hunger pangs and then mm-hmm. that reminds you. But when you're f- doing Lent and you give up like, like maybe you give up chocolate or you give up, I don't know, soda drinks or something. Yeah. And like you're never going to be like, oh, I'm hungry for chocolate. Like you might sometimes think, oh, I really wouldn't want, like some chocolate right now, but that's going to happen way less frequently. Yeah. And it's probably mostly only going to happen when you see chocolate. Yeah, that's true. And then if you don't have any chocolate in your house, it's not going to happen very much. So how does it how does it work with Lent as opposed to like not eating? Well, it kind of goes back because Advent also it's common to give up those specific things. Um, but that's a reminder. I don't know, specifically at Advent. The, rem- the reminder is the world before Christ was it was the world before Christ was a dark place it was a place without joy because we were promised only death so we take out the 
we keep the food that we eat that like nourishes us, but we take out the enjoyable stuff like the mm-hmm. the chocolate, the sweet drinks, and things like that. Yeah, and we just go through. We have enough to get us through, but it's not as enjoyable because we took those things out. Right. So the idea of Lent as well, remembering without Christ, life life is without joy. So we're taking those things out because we long for them. And also part of the reason why usually Sunday is left out of the 40 days is because every Sunday we're supposed to remember Christ's resurrection. That's why we worship mm-hmm. on the first day because he right. was raised on the first day. Um, but so on Sunday, we, we get a little picture of what's coming at Easter. So we take a break from our fasting to remember there is joy because we know Christ is coming back. So we take that break on Sunday and we get a little bit of the sweetness to remind us what we're going on for the rest of the week. So it kind of like gives us a little picture in the middle of the week, a little rest to then go back and next week again, contemplate those things. Cause we're, we're not, we're denying ourselves those sweet, pleasurable things. Hmm. Okay. So it's, it's a little bit less, it's more, it's more like what you were talking about there with the, um, denying ourselves the sweet things and the things that we want and that like things that we like because it reminds us that without Christ there is no joy yeah. and that like their life is not sweet. Yeah. And so it's more about that than about kind of what you were saying about fasting and the hunger reminding you for your hunger for God. I, I guess it's kind of like both and and it's kind of both and yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause, cause then you still do like, man, I could really go for some sweets right now. And yeah. then that reminds you, but it just happens less, but there's also the added yeah. thing of the life without Christ. Yeah. And there's idea. been, there's been the tendency to over the centuries or I guess over a millennia that this has gone on to kind of, and some, sections equate this with you have to do these things or else you're not a true believer and you're not you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing therefore you're somehow like lesser christian you're like in mm. sin because you're not fasting during these times right but that's where i would call back the reminder it's not commanded in scripture to observe this time of lent right this is something we have put in to orient our minds on the story because i mean we know unlike christmas about when easter was yeah. Christmas we 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 picked a time and we can talk about how that was decided maybe in a future episode. <laughs> um but Easter we we know it happened around Passover. So figuring out when is Passover, when do these types of things happen and then we can set a date within reason of the we actually know what time of year this happened in. So taking that knowledge and setting apart a time just to remember what Christ has done. And that's all we're that's all we're doing is to remember we we know Christ came. This should arguably be the climax of the year because Jesus coming to Earth at Christmas, while that was amazing and great, that in of itself was not all that we needed. We needed Him to come, but then we needed Good Friday through Easter. We needed Him to come and to die for us and then rise again and give us new life. That's ultimately what we need. Mm-hmm. So setting aside a time to remember that, and a time before that to also remember. What was the world like without him? What did he endure for us? But it's not commanded in Scripture to do those things. We've just decided to do them. Right. So uh, one thing that, I mean, my my pastor encouraged us last week. He said, if you do these things, that's great. 
but he said, don't do it in some type of vain superstition that this is going to somehow sanctify you. Only mm. only Christ's work is going to sanctify yeah. you, which is supposed to be the purpose of the time, is to recognize all that we do is fruitless, but ultimately it's the cross that saves us, and we're looking forward to it. And we're, we're not eating these things to remember without Easter. The time before Easter, life is sad and meaningless, and we, we do these things and we just suffer. So it kind of heightens our awareness of we were suffering before Christ's death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. So it's a way of artificially going, hey, let's remember what the time was like before this happened. So the days leading up, we're going we're gonna to deny ourselves just certain things to kind of help us remember. And if you don't want to do that, th- there's no commandment to do or don't do it. Right. But some people have agreed to do it for this time. It's become kind of a tradition that we just kind of do to remember. Yeah. Well, I don't think I have any more questions. Do you have any other interesting things that you found in your research that you wanted to share? Uh, yeah, one thing that I did want to just kind of throw in there that I, I meant to say at the beginning and I missed. Um, I've heard people point this out recently, but um, some people talk about the idea of like the sign of the cross on your forehead. Why is it the sign of a cross on Ash Wednesday? Um, I mean, obviously, no brainer because we're pointing forward to the cross. <laughs> yeah. But it's also interesting, like if you go back even into the Old Testament, the ways in which, which to me is such an argument that Christianity is true, Christ is the Messiah. If you look back in the Old Testament, there are examples of the cross being given as a sign to be given to people. Um, one of them that I, I point out usually with my students as we're reading through, uh, is it Exodus or Leviticus? I can't remember. But when whenever they're, Moses is being commanded on where the tribes are supposed to camp. Mm-hmm. They're given specific orientations on the points of a compass. So he says, these tribes camp to the north. This one's closest to the Levites in the middle. This one's next out from him, and this one's next out from them. But if you actually draw it out according to his plans, it forms a cross Whoa. with the tabernacle in the middle. That's cool. So they're camping in the sign of the cross. Uh, another one I'm trying to find. I wrote down the exact scripture reference. Uh, oh, another one is in Ezekiel nine, uh, one through seven. He commands him. Or he commands Ezekiel to put this sign on the foreheads of the people. And if you, look, it, hmm. he says the, the the sign he gives him is the letter Tav in Hebrew, which is basically like our letter T. Hmm. But so they end up with this cross on their forehead. Yeah. Um. So there's. This idea, and even like if you look at Aaron, Aaron the priest is supposed to wear this nameplate on his forehead that says "Holy to God." Yeah. Um, so the idea of putting a sign on your forehead, I think, was Cain's sign also given on his forehead? I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look at that. But the idea of receiving a sign on your forehead to identify you. Mm-hmm. But then there's all these references, like in Ezekiel, where it says put this cross on their forehead. Right. So that's that's where they get that idea. So that's places like cool. Ezekiel. And I, there was one in Revelation too. I, I didn't have time to look that one up and see what it was talking about. Uh, but I just wrote down Revelation 7, verse 3. Um, for so a cross symbol or a forehead yeah, for, symbol? For, for, for a cr- I think it was a cross okay. symbol. I, I can I, think of a forehead symbol in Revelation. <laughs> no, there was something with a cross symbol. I, I have to go back and look. I don't remember which specific section that is. Um, but yeah, so there's all these 
ideas of putting things on your forehead, but then the cross sign is everywhere, even in the Old Testament. There's yeah. numerous places you can go back and find the image of the cross. Hmm. So the idea of putting that symbol on your forehead as a designated marker at right. Ash Wednesday. That's cool. Oh, and another thing I also forgot to mention was um, traditionally, this is, again, just a tradition thing, um, but the the cross that usually gets put on your forehead made out of ashes. Mm-hmm. The ashes are typically actually um, Palm Sunday, which is when we remember Jesus coming in and they put palm branches as he was walking mm-hmm. into Jerusalem or riding into Jerusalem. Typically, actually, what most churches will do is they will save the palm branches from Palm Sunday because a lot of churches mm. have palms in the church. They'll save those, mm-hmm. and then when it comes time for Ash Wednesday, those will be burned and the ashes from those palms will then be used Interesting. to mark the head. What's the significance of that? Just to tie the two together. You've got okay. the, the Palm Sunday, the Easter coming, but it's those ashes being put on your forehead in the sign of the cross. So you're you're already looking kind of forward to the coming again. But okay, just the reminder, guess, yeah. we, we were here once. We're looking forward to going there again. Yeah. Just kind of the tying the two together. Okay. But Cool. Th- those are just some things that I... I thought were interesting. Yeah. Did you have anything else? I think that was about it on my notes. Okay. Cool. I mean, there's plenty of other stuff you could look up online. Um, I, I most of what I pulled from was, um, uh, Pastor Rick Lusk, um, down in Birmingham. He he'd put together some stuff, and that that was mostly where I got that. Uh, most of what I've been saying, but I, I looked up mm-hmm. some other stuff online too, and the the basic tradition is agreed upon, but then, like I said, different denominations will do it uh, slightly differently. Yeah. Um, especially Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox. Right. But then, of course, like Eastern Orthodox, their Easter is at a different time than ours. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Which I think largely comes from a disagreement on calendar because there was that change of the calendar forever ago. I don't understand exactly how it works. There, there oh. was like the, we realized our calendar was off and so we oh, like the Gregorian calendar yeah. switch. Yeah. Um, I don't understand exactly how it works. I asked a couple people recently and I got slightly different answers. Wasn't but. it something like the like we weren't accounting for like leap days for a long time and so then we got like a like a few months behind in our calendar or something, so they had to reset yeah. it. Well they used to or like it, a few weeks or something. Yeah, because it takes us really like three hundred and sixty five and almost a quarter yeah. days to go around the sun. Well, it was a little bit more than a quarter. Or, yeah, a little bit more than a quarter, which is why we do every four years we add a day unless it ends in a zero, I think is the rule. It's like 2,000 should have been a leap year, but it wasn't because it ended in a zero. Interesting. And so you don't you don't give them on a zero year. So that's but weird. Th- I've never actually heard that. I heard that at some point soon we're going to have to have a leap minute because of the extra, there's like a tiny, tiny little fraction of like extra time. I didn't hear about that one. So there's going to be like a leap minute or something in the next few yeah. years, I think. But basically, whatever it was, we, interesting. they used to just mandate, I think like in Rome, maybe the priest every now and then would, he would factor the difference and be like, we are now going to have an extra week on this month or something. And it oh, just wow. got to be too, mu- too much to do. And they said, all right, here's, here's the system we're going to work out. Mm-hmm. Every four years, unless it ends in a zero or something like that. And then that should fix most of the problem. But they, they noted before they'd done that that we were already off from our actual 
path with the sun yeah by i don't know like weeks or months or something Mm -hmm. and so in the west we tried to reset it and the east doesn't really follow it the same way yeah so it kind of gets and for a lot of other reasons too because the hebrews followed a lunar calendar whereas we follow the solar one now yeah for a lot of different reasons it gets kind of confused and so the west has agreed to do it one way in the east does it a different way and i don't mm. understand how theirs works because <laughs> i barely understand how ours works <laughs> right yeah because like in case you didn't notice each or changes every year yeah so it's because it's, it's, it's partially yeah. based on when passover was supposed to be yeah kind which, of which like you said was lunar calendar is what the israelites yeah. used so when they figured out when passover was supposed to be was by the moon yeah and so then that's why it would switch within our calendar weirdly yeah it's weird interesting Fascinating. I'm glad other people can do math better than me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I teach math at a fourth grade level, and that's about the limit <laughs> I'm comfortable teaching it. <laughs> well, that's about the end of our time for today. Mm-hmm. Um, this was super fun. Yep. Thank you for talking about this. Uh, well, all the, all the normal, the usual things. We'll have it up on uh, in- can, Instagram, social media is where we'll post it. Yeah, you'll find it. You can find it on Instagram, Facebook, um Yep, or you anywhere you have podcasts. Yep. Um, email. If you email us e- questions. Email us questions. Do you remember our email? It is. <laughs> well, see, you screwed me up now because I th- I was like pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that I said that it was greatcaveescape at gmail.com, but then you started adding the the on the beginning and then screwing my brain up. No, it is greatcaveescape yes. at gmail.com. Awesome. I just looked it up to confirm. Okay. So if Great. you have any questions, yes. uh, feel free to email us. Email us there, or you can message us through Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. be checking those. Please give us questions, because we like answering questions. Yes. And if we get enough questions, we might be able to do like an episode where we just answer people's questions, and that would be really interesting. Unless we can't answer the questions. Unless we can't ask questions, and then in which case, <laughs> we'll just, I don't know, we'll just ignore you. <laughs> no, we, we, we won't ignore you. But <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening, and until next week, take care. <laughs> <laughs>